got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of a defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Oh, and he was absolutely knocked back into that tweet by Atwood. David Atwood has got titanium in his shoulders at the moment. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes magnificently on the outside. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Bath Rugby Plug podcast. The rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gable and I'm joined in a room filled with Bath fans. Charlie. Hello everybody. And Tom. Hi everyone. How are we fellas? How's the weekend been? Yeah, it was quite uh, quite a good one to be honest. Very cold. We were playing rugby at the weekend when we gave and it actually started snowing up on Lansdowne Hill in Bath. <laughs> Uh, so we were playing rugby in, uh, in in the snow, which is quite odd for October. But we we got a pretty resounding win, uh, and uh, yeah, otherwise it was it was all, all a good game. But Tom, you were you were actually uh, down at the wreck. How did you get on with there? Yeah, I was going to say better better day for for you boys on the rugby front than me. Um, I were at least you boys were sort of running around. I was sitting in the stands, absolutely freezing, uh, watching. What you know um, was ultimately a disappointing result. But um, I think you know, as we'll say, there's you know quite a few positives to pick out of it. I think. Copying a bit of heat on Twitter as well, weren't you, uh, by the looks of things? Yeah, well, you know, it's, I think it's just a bit of this theme of, of negativity around around the supporters that, you know, I, I tweeted saying it was, a, it was a good atmosphere for, you know, particularly for some of the younger... Cracking the younger atmosphere, lads. I think. Yeah, but partic- particularly some of the younger lads who, you know, don't get to play for, you know, the first 15 much. And, uh, you know, ultimately it was a it was a packed house. It was completely sold out, which we weren't able to do for, for the Toulouse game in the Champions Cup. So uh, I think that probably speaks more about the, the mentality of the fans than perhaps... You know, particularly in the second half, it might have been a bit flat. Yeah, I know. I think um, a bit of positivity on Twitter uh, around the club at the moment won't go amiss, uh, given some of the tweets that I've been reading at the moment. Um, and me and Charlie will have to have to make an omission in that uh, we we couldn't we couldn't see the game live as we were playing, um, and it's been very difficult to find extended highlights or any match stats uh, about the game. Um, so, Tom, luckily you were there for us. Um, so, just give us a, a quick overview of uh, for me and Charlie, and, and for the listeners who who won't have seen the game. You know, a quick overview of the game, um, the key points from it. Yeah, I think it was you know the, the two sides that were put out there. You know, the Harlequin side did have a lot more experience than the than the side we put out. We had a lot of youngsters playing guys who, as I said, who haven't played much in the in the first fifteen. And and, and you know, to be honest, they kind of did outdo us in a lot of areas of the game. Um, our one sort of um, potent weapon um, in attack was the lineup and, and driving more. You know, all three tries we scored were scored by uh, our hookers, um, yeah. Jack Walker and Ross Batty. So I think that sort of evidences yeah. that. I thought that, you know, the set piece in general was good. Lucas Noguera looked looked really good. Um, I guess on the more more negative side, you know, in the backs, um, we were outgunned a little bit, particularly in midfield. Um, you know, Francis Saili and Alofra Alofra, two, you know, seasoned um, premiership players, really. You well, know. Saeed's played for the All Blacks, hasn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, lining up against, you know, Max Clark, who probably isn't back to, uh, you know, 100% form, and also Jack Wilson, who's not traditionally a 13. Um, I think, you know, we lost the game line there, um, and ultimately, um, you know, they were able to sort of take their chances in a way that we weren't really. Another, um, another big game for your boy as well, Jack Walker. Yeah, yeah. Walker had a, another outstanding game actually, and um, you know, I don't think you know. I think you boys would agree. I'm, I'm not slating him, but I think <laughs> he's, he's probably he's probably not shown you know what everyone knows he can do in a bath shirt. 
Um, you know, in the last couple of games, he's really he's really stepped up. His handling, in particular, like mm. the pickups and offloads that, that, that he's good, is really really impressive. So yeah, he's looked he's looked good. But you know, as as you say, you know, j- just from look, looking at the teams alone um, and the the starting 15s, it's it's pretty clear that the back line was was not where the strength was put in 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 the Bath jerseys. I mean, uh, there's a number of people who've only played you know a handful of games. You know, for example, Chudley Davies, you know, McConaughey. It was it was his kind of first proper proper appearance for Bath. Uh, as you say, there was um, Max Clark returning from injury, perhaps not fit. And then there's Levi, Levi Davis out on the wing. Tom Homer's uh, obviously a, a very, very good player and probably the main man in that back line. But it's, uh, it's uh, when you look at the pack, the pack were a lot, a lot, lot stronger. And obviously that showed all our tries came from came from driving walls. And, yeah, uh, and especially in the pack as well. You know, you pick Garvey and, and Charteris in the second row. Charteris, uh, a seasoned international Garvey club captain. And then exactly. two, two hookers, Walker and Batty. You know, that is an area that yeah. you're likely to exploit given the given the team selection. Yeah, um, just on the basis of the highlights that I've seen, that, that did seem to be our, our strength, our, our biggest strength. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just saying, just yeah, picking on what Charlie was saying, like, uh, you know, McConaughey's first proper outing in a first 15 shirt. Um, How did he look? Yeah. Well, he, he didn't really get the chance to, to, you know, to show what he can do. I think he got the ball, well, I counted maybe once, maybe twice in the whole game. You know, he stood out on the wing, potentially not knowing how the attacking structure works as well, obviously being from sevens. And, you know, we mentioned Jack Wilson playing at 13. He was, you know, he's normally on the wing. Um, and I think that potentially was a reason that, that McConaughey and, and Levi Davis to an extent probably didn't see as much ball as, as, as you know, mm. we, we would have liked. So uh, that was disappointing. The other, the other positive, you know, you mentioned Tom Homer, um, who's, you know, struggled with injuries and, you know, form. We, you know, we've spoken about how Darren Atkins is, is really making that position his own at the moment. Um, Homer was, was fantastic. I thought he was our mm. stand-up player. He looked the most dangerous player on the pitch, good, actually. Good. Yeah, in counter that. He must have made, well, as I say, we don't, we don't have the stats for this game. He must have made three or four line breaks, um, you know, taking the ball from fullback. Um, so it was good to see him him get some form. But to be honest, in terms of attacking go forward in the backs, that was that was the the, the extent to it. To be honest, and, and sorry, Charlie, just just on that, Tom. Um, and why would you why do you think that is? Because you know we have lacked a, a bit of creativity, even with our with our um, with our first team backline out there. Um, why do you think being at the game, Tom? Why do you think that we couldn't we couldn't create uh, more more out wide? Or do you think it was more the case that? Um, Maybe we had tunnel vision towards the towards the the driving mall in the pack, and therefore we didn't give the give the opportunity to the backs to show what they could do. Yeah, I, I think it was the the latter, to be honest. Um, you know, we 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 had penalties from directly um, in front of the posts, and we were kicking it out to the corner from directly in the post. And we could we took taken points or just a tap and go. Obviously, obviously the scrum, and I think that you know the lineup was clearly an area that we were looking to take from the training paddock. It's obviously something we practice a lot into a competitive match. And that's why, you know, uh, you know, Harlequins kicked five penalties. They were obviously going for the win, I think, more than we were. We could, we could have kicked those penalties as well, mm-hmm. but I think we were focusing more on, you know, the performances of the players and also, you know, taking stuff from the, from the training paddock into, into proper matches. Yes, and as, as you say that, it seems like discipline seems to have been yeah, uh, the, thing that's the, the thing that's let us down again with, with uh, as you say, with the five penalties that they've kicked. Uh, only putting us, uh, Quinn's only winning by eight points. It seems a bit, it's a bit disappointing that again, that's been something, you know, I'm not, obviously it's a very different team uh, on, on paper, but it seems like we're suffering from some of the same problems. Again, too many penalties, letting the game away. You know, we, we, we drew ourselves back into it um, 
uh, clawed our way back within five points. I think it was. Uh, so we were we were within within striking distance to win the match. And then, uh, as you say, we've then left the game without a yeah. single point. Well, literally, the only thing I would say on that is um, obviously we gave away the penalties; they were able to kick them. But you know, they gave away penalties as well. And you know, two yellow cards uh, to Alex Dombrant, who was playing in the back row, and and George Merrick. So that's twenty minutes of them down to fourteen men. And yet again, you know, we've spoken about this. We weren't able to to take advantage of that. I, I was counting for the for the Merrick uh, yellow card earlier in the game, and <laughs> I knew there weren't going to be stats, so I was <laughs> I was sat there with the clipboard counting. No, but uh, you know, what, what they, to paying you, you should have got in touch with Opta and put out a small fee for it. We've heard about their prices. Um, you know, they they uh, they scored six points to our five in that George Merrick Simbin, which again just isn't good enough, particularly when you know the driving more someone was starting to focus on and they lose. They, they lose a second row. So, um, yeah, I think I think it, it, it translates. Our discipline wasn't great. And then, again, the, fl- the, the other side of that coin is that we weren't able to translate the penalties that they gave us um, into points, which is, you know, something we've seen throughout the season. Yeah, it's that kind of batter mentality of being able to, you know, really hit them while they're down. Uh, I feel we've suffered that just in general. Bath have suffered quite a lot this season from uh, really taking... Uh, taking, uh, making the most of those opportunities when when, when the team's slightly on the ropes or you know the ment- momentum's really looking in our favour, we just haven't quite been able to strike like other teams have been able to against us when they're in the same situation. Uh, would you boys agree? Do you reckon? Yeah, I know. I think we've spoken about you know kicking people when they're down and when we've got when we've got the foot on the, foot on the throat, really really stamp stamp our authority yeah. um, on the game. Yeah, and I've just got one more person I'd like to ask you about, um, Tom. Uh, I'm sure you kept a keen eye on him as he's uh, he's, he's he's one of your one of your young prospects, uh, Miles Reed. How did he get on? Yeah, so as you say, like you know, whenever Miles Reed's played, he's looked really good. Um, he limped off um, with what looked like a not a serious injury, but a bit of a niggle. I haven't got the thirty-first uh, minute. Thirty-first minute. Yeah, so limped on relatively early. Uh, okay. What was the name of the lad that um, came uh, on his place? Uh, Josh. Jack Davis, yeah, uh, Bath Uni graduate, uh, second row, I think, yeah. So he looked, he looked really, really yeah, good, yeah. actually. Um, I, I, yeah, I hadn't seen him play before. Um, he, he was all over the ball at the breakdown. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little too eager um, at the breakdown. It was interesting. Saw Ross Batty when he came on, went straight up to him uh, to calm him down to say, look, you know, we need to stop giving away uh, these penalties because he had given away a couple. But he looked really, really eager and well up with the pace of the game. So that was encouraging. Yeah, and oh, nice. hopefully, hopefully. Miles Reed's uh, that that's not serious, and he'll he'll be able to play. Again. Yeah, and I listened to the interview with with Hooper, um, obviously stepping in as the director of rugby from Blackadder for these three weeks, as we suggested on last week's they podcast. They are listening, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they. It seems like they might be. <laughs> um, yeah, and I listened to the interview with with Stuart Hooper, and he did single out um, single out Jack Davis as someone who who, who was enthusiastic um, yep. and was really impressed with his energy uh, on the pitch. So that's good because. Um, you know, um, we've got a couple of second rows out of contract at the end of this year, and if uh, if they can be pushing um, from the from the from the from the academy, uh, that that can always help. Yeah, um, look, looking at the side, like looking at him physically, he did look much more like he was a he was a sort of a back row. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm surprised to hear you say that that he's a second row. Um, yeah, well, honest, when I yeah. when I watched the the uni games, he used to play in the second row alongside uh, Will Britton, who yeah. was also on the bench. Uh, I was quite surprised to see him on the bench together, given that I I assume they would occupy the same the same position. But maybe they are looking to to deploy him more in the back row. I'm maybe he's sure. that you know uh, Tom Ellis style. You know, he, yeah. he he's the kind of we weren't sure last season really whether he was he was listed as a second row or a back row but now he's, he's, it seems to have you know, come to the fore that he's he's definitely a, a, a back row by trade 
I was just going to pick up on that point, um, you know, something that you know, I was going to mention anyway, and it's the, about the enthusiasm. And like, I, I understand, and you know, Matt Garvey tweets about this. I understand, you know, um, people on Twitter or, you know, just fans generally, you know, calling out players um, individually and, and being frustrated with, you know, the performances ultimately and the results. But, you know, there's certainly what one thing we can't question is like the, the effort of the players. And like every single one of the players out there was like, was giving us all. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's, you know, another negative thing about sort of social media. It has translated into sort of more personal attacks on mm. on players, which obviously obviously we don't want to see. And you mentioned Twitter there, there Tom, and it might be quite a nice uh, point for us to, to move on to some of the questions that um, people have got in touch with us for the podcast. Um, we're at Bath Rugby Plug on Twitter. Please do get in touch with us. Um, and Al- Andy Warren uh, has tweeted us, and this is kind of, I think, uh, in regards to, to our start in the season more generally. Uh, that's only two wins from, from nine games now for, uh, since the start of the season, and no wins since we rested those players against Saracens. And Andy simply says, when do we start worrying? I mean, really worrying. Charlie, when, 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 do, Bath start, when do Bath fans start worrying, or should we already be worrying? Um, I don't think we need to start worrying. You know, that, that stat is a bit disappointing. Um, because obviously we want to be we want to be getting the wins and it, it is it's a bit of a shame, uh, but I'd caveat that by saying one there's been two draws so it's not like we've we've won two lost seven so there've been two draws one against Wasps uh, last weekend and the one against Gloucester both, at home both with uh, try bonus points as well yeah both with try bonus points so you know we we, we are getting points out of these games uh, it's not like we're sat right at the bottom of the table we're sat a bit lower than we'd like to in uh, in in the Gallagher Premiership but I think when we are looking completely out of touch with all the other teams that's when you actually need to start worrying and start scratching your head you know it's a competitive league as, as we've pointed out plenty of times and it's it's if 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 we're just being completely dominated by sides that we should be putting up a good fight mm-hmm. against, that's when we've got to start worrying. But we're being very competitive, and we've spoken about it many a time. Unfortunately, we're just coming out on the wrong side of results. You can look at teams like Gloucester over the past couple of seasons, who I think there was a stat. Don't don't quote me on it. It was something something along the lines of they'd they'd lost ten or that there'd been ten games in their season. Uh, that had been within seven points and they'd only won mm. one of them. You know, and that's it's just those small margins that at the moment we seem to be missing out on. But hopefully we can remedy those and we seem to be fixing things along the way. And uh, I'd, I'd say we don't need to worry yet. But um, it, yeah, it's, 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 it, it is a shame. You know, when you look at it on paper, it's a shame. Yeah. And I think the point you make like about, you know, a lot of them have been narrow. We've had those two draws. Um, but, you know, the obvious sort of... Um, response to that is that the, you know the top sides find a way of winning those those close matches and that's something that you know we're not a million miles away no one's saying that but um and that's why it's all the more frustrating because we are close but we're just we're just missing out but what's strange to me about you know all this negativity about the seasons suddenly after this game is that I, I think the premiership rugby cup should be viewed totally separately to the premiership and to the the european champions cup and it kind of reminds me of um sort of the england uh, string of losses uh, last year after we lost what was it four or five in the in the six nations and everyone was like oh this obviously isn't great and then we lost to the barbarians in the next match yeah. with a completely different side and everyone's suddenly like this is the end for England it's like well hang on this is a completely different side you know pod favourite Elliot Stoop was playing for example <laughs> and um, it's a completely different side and suddenly after that barbarians loss everyone's like it's the end you're just the end you know um, and, and we've got no chance in the World Cup so uh, I think a little bit of perspective uh, you know, it is slightly worrying that we weren't able to 
um, you know, uh, sort of win the games against Toulouse in particular. That was particularly disappointing. And Wasps. So I don't find the game on Saturday that disappointing. The real crunch time um, is when we come back into the Premiership. Obviously, yeah. we, you know, we mentioned last week Worcester, mm. Sale and Newcastle in the Premiership. And, you know, Three teams it, yeah. are below us. And we need to be well. getting 13, 14, 15 points um, against those teams, I, I, I think. And if we don't, then obviously... Uh, that's what, yeah, yeah that, that, that this is, really is going to be an important yeah. time. I think, yeah. I think the point to start worrying, like as you say, will be um, on Monday the 3rd of December when we do our podcast that day. And if we haven't managed to get the... That's uh, just following the sale game that you've mentioned there, Tom. And if we haven't managed to pick up three victories from those games, then it could could start to uh, get a little bit worrying for Bath fans. But I think for the time being, you know, we are close. Um, we are close in a lot of games. Um, and I think I think we've just got to stick at it. And I think if we get those three wins from from those three games, we'll be right in amongst the, the playoff shout. Um, and, you know, we've got a tough group in the Champions Cup anyway. And then this Premiership Cup is is, is performance-orientated uh, for me more than results. Exactly. That's, um, yeah, I that's think I'm point. probably echo, echoing the thoughts here of um, another person that uh, got in touch with us on Twitter, um, Luke Bray. Thank you very much for getting in touch. He says, do you think there is a bit of an overreaction to a few defeats? They are very close in a few games they have lost and clearly trying to build a squad built on homegrown talent that will take time players who care about the club will turn narrow losses into victories and I think that is the sort of sentiment that I, I, I agree with yeah. um, I think we are close um, we're very very close and um, whilst it is frustrating because you know it has been a couple of you know three seasons now since we since we have been competing at the top of, of the premiership um, I think we're going in the right direction um, and I think, as you say, those three games in the Premiership after the Premiership Cup will be will be absolutely pivotal um, in in showing that development of the squad. Yeah. And just finally on the development of the squad, like you mentioned, um, Luke mentions there in his tweet, um, you know, about those younger players developing and then turning those those losses into into victories. You know, um, we've heard with you know the interview with Charlie Yours we did um, a few weeks ago the ambition of the club to have whatever it was, uh, percent, was it 50%? Win, win of, the premiership. Well, yeah, 50% that, so. of sort of homegrown yeah. talent by, by 2021, 2022. And, you know, that completely ties in with that. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. Mm. Um, you know. And as well, Tom, like when we come to these, when we come to these three, three crunch games that we're speaking about, um, Bath released uh, a really a really pleasing uh, injury report. I, was gonna, I thought you were going to forget. Yeah, I was bring this uh, up. a really pleasing injury report. Um, well, you laugh, but this yeah. is the sort of stuff that, that really makes my week. Um, <laughs> a really pleasing injury report, and and it looked it appeared that um, that most of well a lot of our players that are on sort of mid to short term injuries, and I'm excluding Watson and Abano in this really, uh, will be around for sort of mid November. Uh, when that Worcester game is, uh, um, I think it's on the 17th of, of November at the rec. So hopefully we'll have um, almost a full squad to choose from, uh, ready to go into that absolutely key key stretch of our season. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, uh, it, 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 it's good to see the, the, the clarity there of the squad, though, uh, clarity of the club in releasing that, that, that statement yeah. Um, yeah, about, about is- the injuries. And it was really good having a proper breakdown what's wrong with them when they're expected to return it's just Brilliant. everything's out in the open and I think that's something that, that Bath as a club has actually done really well mm. uh, and should should be uh, should yeah. be have a tip of the hat and, to and is that. there any other club that's doing that I, no. I, I don't think I don't think there is I mean I I have been known to trawl through uh, local newspapers and <laughs> trying to find out injury, uh, sort of injury updates on certain players and you know we spoke about the open letter to the supporters and how that was you know a new format from com- of communicating with supporters and this seems like another um sort of yeah. newish format of, of um, you know, in line with the NFL, as we, as, as you said a, a few weeks ago, of, of communicating or giving a bit of clarity to supporters. So, yeah, 
definitely definitely all for it yeah well there's probably no other club that's got a podcast calling for stuff like this uh, so <laughs> that must be the reason for it um, and then speaking of Twitter lads uh, we'll move away from the from the Bath Quinns game now um, and you touched on it Tom um, earlier on um, and that was the the tweet sent sent out by Matt Garvey um, obviously Bath club captain earlier in the week um, and I just wonder what your guys thoughts was on this um, so Matt tweeted after the game uh, saying I've seen a lot of negative tweets recently I can understand people's frustration at results believe me no one hurts more than us after a loss but it isn't acceptable when people start to accuse players of a lack of care or lack of effort you have no idea how hard these lads work Charlie when you saw that tweet what was your what was your immediate reaction to it well it's just a bit disappointing like you know that every time one of these players pulls on a bath shirt it's an absolute honour everyone sat listening to this podcast is obviously a Bath supporter. I'm sure they'd love to pull on a Bath shirt. It'd be one of the most, you know, one of your most proud moments of your life, uh, being able to do that. And of course, you'd give you absolutely everything to do that. And that's exactly the same as these boys. Uh, they're competitive, out, uh, competitive athletes and all they want to do is win. I mean, if you, if you didn't have that competitive spirit, that competitive drive within you, then you wouldn't, be they they wouldn't be in the place that, that, that they are today yeah so sorry just to clarify you mean it's quite disappointing that he's had to make this comment or that the, the oh comment it's just is, the, the the comments are disappointing the comments uh, that the, the he's comments, reacting to yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's that's what i think is disappointing yeah the, the comments that uh sorry if i didn't make that clear uh yeah the, the comments that people are putting out saying that these lads aren't aren't giving giving their absolute everything Charlie, Charlie just to clarify when you say pulling on a bar shirt would be the proudest moment of your life you'd have a Quinn's training top underneath right <laughs> yeah of course and some uh, some uh, Quinn's budgie smugglers as well <laughs> but uh, but no it's uh, it's, no, it's, yeah. it's 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 yeah it's a bit it's, it's a bit sad especially to have you know, personal attacks on uh, yeah uh, on on certain certain players, but uh, we we get as frustrated as as anyone. Like we're you know tearing our hair out. Yeah, um, of course, of uh, you course. know important moments. And, and you, but but you look at what it means to the players as well. You know we've spoken about probably you know the single worst moment of the season when when Burns dropped the ball against against Toulouse, and you can see you know what it meant to him both sort of during the games or then after. He was absolutely distraught, and uh, you know it's their it's they make a living playing rugby. They love rugby. They've grown up playing rugby. Um, ultimately, we're supporters, but we don't um, literally live it and breathe it in the same way as they do. So there's no there's no uh, doubt in my mind at all that the players try. So constructive criticism on Twitter is fine, but just outright um, it's sort of individually targeted criticism. I think there's mm. no place for that, really. Yeah, I, I mean, I I just compare it to to anyone really who loves sports and plays sport. Uh, you normally have that competitive edge to you where. You just want to do anything to make sure that you win. Um, and to be a professional athlete of any kind, whether it be rugby, athletics, you know, any sport, it doesn't matter. Um, you have that just desire to win. Uh, and so I, I, just can't un- I just can't understand why people think that the boys are out there and they're not even trying and they don't really care what the result is. But um, Yeah, I, th- I think it's kind of a, it's just like a frustration, it's just the frustration and people lashing out, isn't it? And I think it's especially strange. I, I, I don't know particularly the, the tweets that, that Matt's responding to there with his tweet, uh, but it seemed especially strange um, 
this week, given that the lads that are playing this week, you know, the majority of them are the the younger ga- the younger guys, or you know, on the periphery, for example, Jack Wilson. There, and you know, they're fighting for they're fighting for contracts, they're fighting for livelihoods, and there is absolutely no no disputing in my mind uh, the fact that they're 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 giving it their rule. Um, so yeah, it is it is disappointing, and you know, I can kind of I you know I can kind of understand where where fans well I can understand the frustration of fans um, because it is extremely frustrating, um, but yeah. I don't think there's any doubting in in our minds, and I think in in ninety five percent of Bath fans' minds that the, these players aren't um, aren't giving their absolute all from you know all week long. Um, so let's move on from that, guys, um, and let's move on to to something that I I have prepared uh, for this week. Ooh, um, and that is a little "Who Am I?" section. Well, I was going to say I thought it'd be a review of the nineteen eighty two Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's next week's feature, mate. <laughs> Um, no, a little who am I uh, section. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna gonna read out uh, and please play along at home, uh, like Charlie and Tom are here. Um, I'm gonna read out four um, clues about a player, um, a player in the current Bath rugby squad. Um, you can guess at any point, but if you guess and you guess wrong, then you'll you'll be frozen out of the game for one clue. Do we just buzz in with our name or something? Uh, just, just, just shout out if you if yep. you think well, you've no, got it. Sure, you give him the opportunity after the first clue, me after the second clue, and then we'll just rotate no, you, that. No, you can both call no, in I'm after each clue. First, first clue is open Reactions. to everybody. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, as I say, uh, play along at home, and we're at Bath Rugby Plug on Twitter. If you want to let us know uh, how you get on, got on in the quiz. Um, so yeah, hit, let's get on with it. I guess I, wait, just 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 making sure. I, I guess you can't cheat on this one, can you, Tom? You can't you can't hear four, my answer well, and then just four, say yeah, yeah. I wrote that down. It was four two. It was four two anyway. So you know, you know, I cheated. <laughs> the Jay Roberts incident yeah. still looms large in this podcast. What about it? Tom Voice though? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out the century. Talking to yeah. Speaking of um, competitive spirit, anything to win, eh, Tom? Anything to win. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubting uh, Tom's commitment to the club. Yeah, I'll probably get some <laughs> negative tweets though. <laughs> okay, so first. Uh, first person I previously played two seasons with Nottingham um, okay continue second clue it was my birthday this weekend Beno Urbano <laughs> no, oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay so you're frozen out for one clue oh. clue number three my contract at Bath expires at the end of this season. Oh, who's that, Sue? Tom, any guess? Um, is it? No. Okay. So, hang on. Well, can I, shall I have a guess? Or, no, well, you'll be frozen out. Okay, be, oh, hang on. okay, so Charlie, you're back in the game. Last clue. I have played international rugby sevens for New Zealand. James Wilson. He's not. not (laughs) (laughs) You're out, Tom. Who is this? International rugby sevens for New Zealand. Um, Who who is Previously played two seasons for Nottingham. My birthday this weekend. My contract at Bath expires at the end of the season. And I played international rugby sevens for New Zealand. Who am I? Um... I don't even know. I do not know. Who is that? Paul Grant. <laughs> sevens. He's played sevens. Yeah, in terms of it was. It was. Oh, it was a Bono's birthday this weekend, though, wasn't it? Yeah, but he hasn't played two seasons for Nottingham or rugby oh, sevens yeah, for New Zealand. I just, I just, I had had to guess. New Zealand, be... I'll just well, anyway. Ha- happy, happy birthday, Benno. Oh. Yeah. And happy and birthday, Paul. Paul. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Fine. Okay. Oh, I can't so that's that's not not. 
Okay, next. Who am I? My elder brother Nathan once played for Bristol. Continue. Okay, question. Clue number two. I have represented my country at under 16, under 18, and under 20 level, but not since 2011. So that means, okay, you must be on the older side, I would think. Okay. 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 Clue, clue number three. I am a native Welsh speaker. Alibru. Yes! Oh, yes. Alibru. <laughs> I, I did not realise how Welsh he was until I saw, I saw an interview <laughs> with it, when, Jamie, when Jamie Roberts turned up and he was the most Welsh boy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad accent as well. <laughs> okay, so Charlie takes a 1-0 lead um, and I've only got one more. So um, <laughs> this is for, Tom, you'll have to get this for a draw. Come on, Charlie, nip this in the bud. Okay, clue number one. The country of my birth... Is not the country I represented internationally at rugby. Okay. Clue number two. Super Falatel. No. Oh. Frozen out of this one. <laughs> Clue number two. I played 28 times for the Crusaders, scoring 33 points. Okay, Charlie, oh, you're back in. This. I'm back in. My Bath debut was a win against one of my former clubs. Okay, so, so far, my country and my birth is not the country I represented internationally. I played 28 times Crusaders, scoring 33 points, and my Bath debut was a win against one of my former clubs. Okay, okay. Last clue. Due to injury... I have not played for Bath yet Can't this possibly. season. Yes, oh, oh, I was holding it. I was holding it. Oh yeah. no, <laughs> I haven't got a tiebreaker. Oh. Haven't got a tiebreaker. Are you able to just get just to get something up? Like, uh, well, what about one, one for next week? One for next week. What do you want me to? Well, I don't know. Do we have a decider next week? If well, you've can, not got can, one? can we can we get something up? Or like, just get a stat on your phone up about one of the players and whoever's closer. Yeah, okay. and then the number of appearances oh, for an international oh, 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 oh. team or for Bath or something, and see uh, see 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 how we both get on. Because I'm determined to beat you, Tom. <laughs> no, no, you, I know, I know you're filthy cheats. So. <laughs> this is great, great listening, this boys. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Um, okay, so. Okay, this is quite good, actually. Okay. Okay. My favourite player at Bath, Anthony Watson. Ooh. How many appearances has Anthony Watson had for Bath? Closest oh. wins. Should we write them both down? Yeah. Just, just to make oh, sure we're not... Right. Yeah, because we know, we know what you're like, Tom. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll hear it. We'll hear it. And then... Um, oh, number of appearances. How old is he? How old is he? He's, hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go for or you say it, I've written it down I'll show you it as soon as you as soon as you say it oh okay that's a, yeah uh, oh, okay how many have you got Tom I've gone for 140 oh god 140 yeah I've gone for 87 Charlie takes yes! it yes oh, 99 appearances 99. oh it's when he comes back he's yeah. gonna be making his 100th appearance there um, we go. There we I go. I had to let him have one after I don't uh, yeah. know. One the, the last two. <laughs> so that's two two quizzes to Tom, one for Charlie. Charlie, you're clawing your way back into it. Yeah. Good quiz. There we go. Well, I'll, have to, uh, I'll have to um, 
get some victory music sourced out for next week. Um. Okay, so <laughs> speaking of Anthony Watson, um, we'll move on to our next our next talking point, lads, um, and that is some of the some of the key guys that uh, that find themselves out of contract at the end of this season. Anthony is obviously one of them. Um, I'll read you a list of of the guys that I I think are, are the key are the key players. Um, to to be out of contract in the season. So Anthony Watson, Dave Atwood, Jonathan Joseph, Francois Lowe, Charlie Ewells, Luke Charteris, and Chris Cook, all out of contract at the end of the season, guys. Um, Tom, is there anyone there in particular that you wanna that you wanna focus on? Um, someone that you think we need to keep, someone that you think we might be best to let go, someone that you think, you know, perhaps we we need to adjust their adjust their salary. Uh, who would you pick out of that group? Um... I think the obvious one that jumps out of me at me there is is Francois Lowe. I was um, going to say the same, yeah. Yeah, he's he's obviously um, one of the two marquee players um, at the club, as far <laughs> as we understand it. Um, you know, alongside Toby, Toby Falatau. Um and you know, with the with the batter options that we've got, you know, as we've mentioned, um, is it wise to be spending both? You know, having both our marquee players as as back row players, I'd suggest you know possibly not. Um, you know, I know he's settled in Bath. Um, you know, with his family, and you know, he he probably is. Um, he probably has had the best of his the best years of of his career. So whether or not he'll stay um, is another matter, and I'm sure one for him, his agent, and the club to to decide. But um, yeah, I'd be surprised if if, if Francois Lowe is is still sort of you know the marquee um, player sort of going into next season. But I really do hope he hope he stays. And then Charlie, who who do you want to talk more about Low, or is there someone else that you'd like to? Uh, yeah, no, so it's, it's obviously you've you've said you said most of what I would say, uh, and I think <clears throat> considering his best days probably are behind him, uh, uh, we could look at spending some of that 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 marquee salary elsewhere. But uh, another another player you mentioned there, um, Charlie Yule's friend of the pod, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's. Uh, he he is a player I really think we need to have around the club, keep him about. I think he's yeah. a potential future club captain. Uh and considering you know, the, the the strength and depth we got uh we got in the second row, we want to hold on to that. Uh he is an international well, he's he's played internationally, he's he's on the he's probably more on the periphery of England, but he's he's definitely a player you just want you want you want in the squad. And I really think uh I really think that he, yeah, he's he, he's got that sense of leadership about him. Mm. Just having been up and spoken to him, Gabriel, I'm sure you'd agree with me that that you know, that charisma he had, you just felt that presence uh, about him that it would obviously comes across. I'm sure it comes across on the pitch. He has captained the club a few times already, and I think uh, he could potentially be a, a man to uh, take take the club uh, onto higher heights. Yeah, and I think, you know, I don't want to obviously, I can't speak for Charlie, you know, we say he's friend of the podcast, but really we've met him once and we're absolutely all struck <laughs> for about half an hour that we yeah. met him. But I don't want to, I don't want to speak for him, but I think the impression... Like, don't call him mate. Do not call him mate. <laughs> How you doing, mate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like, you know, he, he, um, he, the impression that I got from him when we were at the club was that, that I think he he is in it for he is in for the long haul. I think I think that is a contract that that I would not be um, I'd be quite surprised if he if he wasn't to renew the contract. Given the way that he spoke about the club, I mean, given his obvious his obvious connections with the club, been a um, part of the academy since he was sixteen. Obviously, Bryanston School um, in the local area. Um, I would be that would be one that I would be. Um, Surprised if he wasn't to renew the contract. Whereas um, yeah. I would say Dave Atwood, uh, yeah. his second row, his second row partner, 
Um, and I, I'm not, I've, you know, this is complete conjecture. I have absolutely no idea um, what these guys are thinking. But um, given the time he, he spent in Toulon and, and given the time that, you know, the, the, the way in which he speaks about that, um, and given also the fact that, you know, he's, he's not in England squad at the moment and Stuka and Yules are, um, it may be time that outwards, you know, I, I can't remember exactly how old he is, but it may be time that he, he thinks about um, perhaps moving on, which would be a great shame f- uh, for the club. Um, so I think he has played really well this season. I don't know what you guys uh, think about I know, that. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I, I completely understand where you're coming from and it depends what Dave personally wants. But uh, I feel, I, as I just mentioned, the strength and depth at second row with the likes of Atwood, Charteris, Stuke and Yules. Um, that's something we, we want to keep hold of with the ability we've had this year to you know, rotate players in and out and not really lose much in that uh, in those four and five jerseys is is invaluable, I think, to the club. And although ultimately it's the same argument that you know I, I just made with the, the back row, and is that you can't you know you've got a limited salary cap you, and you can't spend it everywhere. And you know these players they're out of contract; they're going to be mar- demanding a higher contract in most cases. I'd um, say we've got more new. people coming through in the back row, for example, from the academy than we do in the second row. And I think the second row. Other than those four, reasonably large drop off. Um, you know, you, you, obviously you can throw Garvey in there, but I, I, I'm not entirely sure where his exact position is in back row or the second row, for example. Yeah, although we spoke about you know Will Britton um, being on the bench, obviously, and Levi, uh, Levi Le- Douglas. I as thought well. he played well as well. Yeah, <laughs> he was at six. I thought he was good. Yeah. He was at six. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, I really do think that we need to be, or clubs in general in Premiership have to be quite careful about, you know, where they spend their money. Mm. Um, ultimately, second row, back row, very strong position areas, and you know, I'd like to see the percentage of the salary cap that we're spending in in those those two position groups. And I suspect it'd be quite high. And sort of by contrast, um, you know, you look at an area like the centre, which we have. You know, let's just say that you know the strength and depth has been tested this season with with the injuries we've had. And you look at someone like Jonathan Joseph, mm. um, and you know you hear sort of uh, speculation that Bristol um, were sort of trying to sign him. And you know Pat Lamb was actually sort of asked about it. Are you are you sort of uh, you know having a look at Jonathan Joseph? And you know he didn't exactly he didn't exactly deny it. Um, yeah, but which club isn't having a look at Jonathan Joseph? Yeah, you know, he'd be mad not to not to want him. That's one that I you know we spoke about Yules and not being concerned that he's he's heading off at the end of the season. Joseph's one that um, you know I, I am quite concerned about. Obviously, he's been further away from the playing squad, having been injured. You know, he's out of contract. He's probably mm. being offered, um, it, or would be offered by Bristol a lot more than than he's probably on at Bath. So uh, that, that Joseph's one that I am concerned about, and obviously, um, you know, his good mate and, uh, and 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 housemate Anthony Watson as well. Yeah, I think that would be it. Would be a real shame if if either of those were were to move on. Um, obviously, both both coming from London Irish. Um, and whilst we whilst it is it's quite difficult um, now to to think about how good they have been for Bath, given they haven't uh, the pair of them haven't played for Bath this season. Um, they have been absolutely brilliant for Bath, uh, both of them. Um, and I think you know we've spoken uh, earlier in the podcast about our backline and you know maybe a bit of lack of spark a bit of lack of creativity and you know whilst those guys are are away on england duty um for a fair chunk of the season i think it'd be extremely um I think it'd be extremely unwise of us to to let either of them go you know obviously I, I have no idea what what the pair of them are thinking you know they 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 may want to to move on to to further to further their career elsewhere but you know, I think from a club's perspective, I think they're two guys that I really, um, I really would like us to tie down. Um, yeah, and I, I reiterate everything you've just said, and uh, the point 
I'd perhaps make, I made it in our pre-season podcast, um, is about the way Bath has performed this season. Obviously, both of them haven't been haven't made it to the field yet this uh, this season and they'll be looking at the bath and performances of the club so far mm. and they obviously want not not only to you know to, to do well in, in in their careers you know uh with with England but also domestically and they'll be looking at the performance so far in both the Gallagher Premiership and in the Champions Cup and considering it considering whether Bath can actually deliver. And yeah, and then two lads we haven't spoken about that I said were, were Luke Charters and Chris Cook. Any any comments about either of those two guys? Um, nine position is we're not particularly strong at and we could potentially look at getting in. Uh, you, it, it depends who's out on the market really, but uh, it depends what, what these lads really want as well from their career it's a it's a, it's a two-way thing it's it's not yeah. just what the club wants so uh it w- depends what offers are out on the table but you know chris cooks he's a, he's a great guy to have uh have about i don't think he's ever going to be number one so if if you were to move on somewhere else it wouldn't be overly disappointed but he's definitely got a lot of talent within him yeah yeah no, nothing yeah. on that it is really difficult to to speculate about these guys and obviously you know in an ideal world we keep them all you know that's not going to be the case as i said these guys will probably be demanding more than than they're currently on obviously as progressing as they progress through their careers so uh yeah it'd be great to keep everyone but uh you know yeah and, and it's, it's 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 hard to assess from our point of view all of the other players whose contracts are up in every single other team in the premiership so depending on who's potentially available to bring in it that that will affect how the contract negotiations go with these current players. For example, if there's a lot of other second rows about, then Luke Schwarzeris may be missing out perhaps because he is yeah. in the twilight of his career. For example, yeah, um, and I think this is something that you know, this or everything we're saying is conjecture here, and you know, but as fans, we like to speculate. Um, that's what we do best, and you know, I'm sure that's what you guys do best. Your the listeners, so uh, do get in touch with us on Twitter at Bath Rugby Plug. Um, if you do want to join in the conversation about the about the Bath Rugby contracts and about anything else we've um, we brought up in. Um, in the podcast so far um, maybe perhaps uh, our Bath Rugby history um, maybe something that you want uh, to us <laughs> to brush up on so then boys moving on to uh, to next Saturday um, and we are at Sandy Park to, to face local rivals uh, Exeter Chiefs who uh, had a draw against Newcastle um, in, in their first game of the, of the Premiership Cup um, we have spoken, uh, Tom, about the fact that this is this is more of a, of, of a performance-based um, competition. Um, so, so what would you like to see um, in terms of uh, in terms of performance? What would you like? Impro- what would you like? What improvements would you like to see in terms of performance? Is what um, I, was say. I think just potentially a bit of a more well-rounded performance. You know, as I said, we're strong in the set piece. Um, you know, a lot of the guys in the forwards forwards. Did, I thought it'd have a good game against Quinn. So it'd be nice to see, you know, the touch on the talent that we've got out wide, McConaughey, Davis, get a bit more ball and, and you know, uh, show what they're about. And, you know, Exeter, you know, uh, you know, forget that this is the Anglo-Welsh sort of final from last season, mm. um, you know, uh, the first replay of that, I guess. Um, and one thing that Exeter were very good at um, during that competition and even in that final was continuing to, you know, blood their new players and see the what was the Anglo-Welsh Cup as a way of doing that. Whereas, you know, in that game, we sort of came with a far more experienced side and, and you know, still ultimately weren't able to get a victory at, 
at Sandy Park. So yeah, I'd like to see, you know, ultimately the, you know, as we said a few times, the, the result isn't as important as the performance. So uh, yeah, be good to see, you know, continuing continuation of selection in that lots of young players are selected and also, uh, you know, that we, you know, have a good yeah, performance. They've got, they've got a fantastic academy, uh, don't they, Exeter? So uh, you've hit the nail on the head there, really, Tom. Uh, it'll be be a tough uh, a tough fixture, but then it's it's so hard to make proper predictions with these sorts of games, aren't, aren't they? Because we just don't really know exactly what team will be put out. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can put out a good performance, uh, perhaps tighten up on some of these disciplinary issues that we've had and uh, maybe bring some of our outside backs into the game a bit more is really what we seem to have taken away from uh, from this week's fixture. Yeah, and I think I think Stuart, um, Stuart Hooper touched on it in his interview after the game that, that this competition is all is all about progressing and seeing seeing the progression from the from the from the first week uh, until our, until the last week uh, against Gloucester. Um, and I think that that's the key here. As long as we see, as long as there are signs that you know we've learned from our mistakes of last week, um, and that these guys are getting more experience um, and they're starting to thrive thrive in this environment, then then that's all. That's all I think uh, I'll, I'll be looking for um, against Exeter. As I say, I don't think the result is that important. You'll be looking for Todd Blackadder to be back physically physically fit as well, <laughs> won't you, Gabriel? Yeah, after his uh, his, his his rest, you know, he said he needed a nice physical rest. <laughs> yeah. Three weeks off, isn't he? In 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 New Zealand. Someone says that we listened to the podcast, drafted up that table with all the injury updates, and then booked a flight home to New Zealand. <laughs> it was like Stuart Hooper, you take the reins. <laughs> and if you are listening, Todd, then um, have a nice break, mate, uh, and get back for a key stretch of, of Premiership games. Excellent. Right. Anything else you want to bring up, guys, or are we all done? Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so once again. Um, Thank you very much for, for listening. Um, please do get in touch with us on Twitter, as I keep saying, at Bath Rugby Plug. Um, and please uh, spread the word, tell your friends uh, about this, because that's the only way we've, uh, we've got to, to promote the podcast. And if you can, uh, just jump on, jump on iTunes or, or Acast or wherever you get your podcast. And please do leave us uh, a nice review, uh, five stars uh, if, you, if, you think, if you think we deserve it, um, and a nice review. And yeah, any constructive criticism, then uh, please do get in touch with us about that as well, because uh, we're always looking to improve. Because at the end of the day, as I keep saying, we're by the fans, for the fans. Uh, so as I say, um, thank you very much for listening. Um, keep behind the boys in blue, black and white. Enjoy this, this weekend's rugby. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for joining me, Charlie. Thanks, guys. And thanks, Tom. Cheers, guys.